This podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional help. If you or someone you know is facing difficulties, I advise you consult a psychologist. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Psych for Life with Dr. Amanda Ferguson. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ferguson. Today, I'll be discussing work from home, creating balance and staying sane. We're more connected now than ever via technology, but less connected socially than ever before. Yet we are social beings. In fact, most of the structure of our brains is dedicated to socialising physically. We need it for our survival, health and longevity. Working from home or other remote places can bring so many benefits. Flexibility less time and money lost in commuting, and potentially better work-life balance. But what about the challenges, the negatives, and even the deficits this creates in our lives? Most Gen Z employees only know remote or hybrid work, that is, people under the age of 26 in 2023. And they are lonely and less engaged in their work than any other generation. And many of the rest of us are heading the same way. In this podcast, you'll discover how we work best, how to identify the problems of working from home or remotely, and how to create and maintain healthy balance. The pandemic brought work from home to the forefront, of course. What was once considered a privilege to be negotiated is now considered a right by many workers. And there's a trend of increasing numbers of Gen Zers, or people under the age of 26, who are seeking to work remotely in diverse and unconventional ways. For example, in coastal country, overseas and tropical locations traveling while working or living and working from, say, a van or a caravan. They seek new, adventurous and inspiring work lifestyles. We humans are more connected than ever via technology, but being physically social is so good and important for our health, our social skills, and in work, it leads to opportunities and promotions. Good professional relationships and networks are created in person, socially, through physical connections and over time. According to a 2022 Gallup poll, 54% of Gen Z employees were found to be slightly higher than any other generation in being ambivalent or not engaged at work. They're less engaged in their work than any other generation, and many of us are heading the same way. New York University Stern professor, social psychologist and author Jonathan Haidt said, the more connected a generation is, the more lonely it is. And while this is the most connected generation with technology, social media and smartphones, Gen Z is also among the most isolated. A US loneliness index found that among workers aged 18 to 22, 73% report sometimes or always feeling alone. Most Gen Z employees only know remote or hybrid ways of life, and thus they haven't had as many opportunities to forge deep professional relationships that are often created in person over a period of time. Before the pandemic, work from home, flexibility was on the rise, and now we know hybrid work is here to stay. 
and organisations that shy away from this will lose people and won't attract good people. But work from home was thrust upon us and it's now a norm for so many before we had time to figure out the pros and cons of how to manage this new work, this new life balance. One of the problems of working from home, of course, is a lack of boundaries, burnout, and people working too much overtime. And we discovered these problems during the pandemic and lockdown. During the pandemic, workers spent much more time doing overtime, and Australia was one of the worst countries in performing too much overtime. Managers hadn't been trained in remote management, so micromanagement became a problem as managers tried to make their staff feel cared for and to keep an eye on their work. So what does science show us about work from home or remote work? Well, again, humans are social beings and most of our brain is dedicated to our social skills. So many studies show the deficits of not using our brains for socialising. Neuroscience shows that a whole lot of neurotransmitters are activated during our socialization physically. Serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, all these hormones that develop make us feel good. And social skills can atrophy if we're not using our sociable skills. We found a huge increase in mental illness during lockdowns due to the lack of socialization, due to the isolation. These are some of the problems from lockdowns in the pandemic. The loss of soft skills, not using our socialising skills. Our social standing in organisations are more likely to be impacted when we're not physically there. We're less likely to find opportunities, get promotions. We still need to be able to do face-to-face -face interactions to even get a job during a job interview. So not surprisingly, research shows we're more productive if we're actually in the office at least some days of the week, physically with colleagues. The pandemic changed the psychological job contract in that more power was given to workers. Job crafting was already emerging and it's now promoted by agile and successful organisations. Job crafting is where workers proactively redesign their jobs and the way they do them in order to stay engaged, prevent burnout. It's a way workers can find more future directions for themselves in their careers, opportunities, balance, meaning, other things that they value, maybe in other parts of the organisation. In lockdowns, results from studies showed that some workers performed just as well as they had in the office. For instance, a study of female STEM workers, that is science, technology, engineering and maths workers, adapted well in settings from home, setting boundaries well between their work and life. Other research in 2021 found that flexible work hours were related to work engagement, organisational commitment and personal health across the majority of working ages. A study in 2023 found results revealed that working remotely helped to buffer negative links between telepressure of telework and recovery. Managers are now learning to become nuanced in their style of managing workers, learning to avoid micromanagement as they manage workers remotely. 
The Voice Project, a workplace engagement consultancy based in Australia, analysed and shared insights on employee experience during the heart of the pandemic in 2020. The Voice Project's data showed that staff satisfaction had increased compared to pre-pandemic levels as a consequence of increased focus on staff engagement and well-being. Data was then collected in 2021 from 59,000 employees working in 185 predominantly Australian organisations but across a variety of industries. And when compared to pre-pandemic five-year averages, the 2021 data was similar to the 2020 results, overall showing that organisations have continued to ensure staff feel adequately resourced and supported in the light of uncertainty and work from home. And these are the ones that find improved engagement. Key insights from the Voice Project's work engagement research shows that The new hybrid ways of working require new processes. Staff satisfaction with processes which were becoming outdated dropped significantly and processes appeared to be less clear and efficient because of uncertainty. Organisations have to have adapted to new ways and models of working. And critical to this are the ways these processes are formalised and communicated to staff clearly as well as widely through updating processes. So what are the solutions to work from home? Since the pandemic, research has shown that approximately three days in the office is a productive measure, but trends are continuing to evolve, of course, and different trends are seen in different generations and different industries. For instance, we're seeing three to two days of office to home or four days of office to home in different organisations and industries. And of course, in some, it's all work from home. It's important to be honest with ourselves and determine what's important and what's effective and productive for ourselves in this new balance of remote hybrid work. Being physically sociable and within the office, of course, is harder work. It requires effort, but the gains are invaluable in keeping our social skills, in building more social skills, in networking, in gaining information that we might miss out on otherwise, the feel-good hormones, our health, vitality and longevity. Research findings show that the work-from-home environment can be just as productive if it's designed carefully in conjunction between employees and bosses. Tips include having buddies, where you design and plan coffee dates if you're working remotely, you're sharing a coffee at a pre-designed time. Depending on the type of person we are and the nature of our work, we need to work out what resources we need to make sure we work most effectively with this new hybrid way of working or work from home. What resources do we need? For instance, to feel psychologically safe, that we can communicate any negativities, any deficits, any mistakes, any areas of more training and information that we might need. Job crafting again in ways that we find motivate us, engage us and continue building our careers. Some of us need more quiet time, some of us need more sociable time. So again, that will determine how much time away or within the office is optimum. Some people who work remotely find the opportunity to travel to other 
branches of the organisation to build relationships with colleagues brings autonomy as well as connection. In hybrid work and work from home, boundaries are critical. Recreating practices that helped us in traditional work settings is so important. For instance, clocking on to work, clocking off work. Let others in the house know if you're at work or off work. A sign on your door that you're either clocked on or clocked off can help alert others instantly. Stepping away from the home to create a psychological boundary at the end of the workday to debrief in a similar way that the commute allowed us to debrief, a walk around the block, a walk down to the nearest location that's taking your mind away from home and work to refresh, to recharge, a chat with a friend, meeting up with a friend, doing something physical like sport, community, connection. When doing overtime, particularly from home, make sure you take time off in lieu. Make sure you communicate this with your boss, that it is an agreed arrangement. Time off in lieu from overtime is mandated increasingly as part of psychological safety in many areas and industries. Recharge just as with office work. Make sure you get enough sleep play, socialising, exercise, creativity. If any of these factors drop off, look for buddies to help to motivate you and follow through to commit to doing these things to avoid burnout. Have open conversations with your boss about job crafting because this can benefit both you and the organisation. And as a boss, make sure you're open and welcome conversations about job crafting across all levels of the organisation to ensure employees are engaged, are feeling valued, that their personal values are aligned with their strengths and work in their jobs. Look to harness creativity. Many jobs can be made to be more playful and still professional by changing the work design, embedding fun and challenge in the work design. So how can we create a productive work environment outside a typical office? Well, remember that Gen Z are the most technically connected. They want autonomy, but they also need social connectiveness. And it's important to look for opportunities for this, particularly for Gen Z, but for everyone working from home or remotely. Make sure this is clearly organised within the organisation between boss and employee. A Harvard Business Review in 2023 found that prioritising wellness and mental health, showing employees that organisations cared, was extremely important Mental health problems are a crucial factor in today's workforce. Mental health factors are crucial in today's workforce given the volatile times we live and work in. And these are crucial also for Gen Z employees. Many are experiencing anxiety and depression, which affects our work performance. In fact, Gen Z's top wish for their leadership is that they care about their well-being and mental health. The Voice Project found that new ways are required for working with new processes. Staff satisfaction with processes at work dropped significantly because they were less clear and efficient. Organisations need new ways and to communicate and formalise new ways and processes of working. The communication needs to be 
adding additional measures for safety and psychological safety, new ways of working with customers, especially increased online service delivery that's documented. Organisations need to explore if there are increased needs and expectations from staff for flexible work arrangements to have new ways of collaborating due to virtual and hybrid work arrangements and have these been clarified and documented. It's important to review what's enabled safety, including psychological safety and collaboration at work. It's important to look at where inefficiencies may have crept in due to hybrid work. The Harvard Business Review in 2023 found that there's more need for autonomy, particularly for Gen Z, to keep them motivated. They've grown up with unfettered access to information and they want to make informed decisions on their own. They need room to experiment and prove themselves and they might surprise their managers with better outcomes because of their abilities in these areas. So it's important for workers to be able to lean in on their strengths and leverage their technological skills, social media, and the desire for connection. Remembering that loneliness and a lack of real socialising physically is a major problem as well as engagement. So managers may consider giving location work autonomy and choosing their own locations and ways of hybrid or remote working and structures but improving employee engagement is also going to be found by creating opportunities for in-person interactions that will create connections and camaraderie, such as team building activities, project kickoffs, team celebrations, and state of the business discussions. Creating shared team experiences like these will help develop stronger bonds and in-person interactions are ideal for team building. Intentional remote activities can also help. Examples for this are the scheduling of virtual coffee chats during business hours where team members can drop in and connect with colleagues informally or making a plan to recognise a contribution of a member during a team meeting. Mentoring programs between millennial and Gen X employees to bridge across generations and boost meaningful collaborations across age cohorts can really help, and particularly a buddy or peer program where you pair a Gen Z team member together with another. This is mutually beneficial, and Gallup research shows that having a best friend at work is key to employee engagement and job success. It's strongly linked to business outcomes, including profitability, safety, inventory control and retention. And lastly, prioritising wellness and mental health is so important and critical in these unprecedented volatile times both that we do this individually for ourselves and with our organisations and that managers and mentors promote this with their employees and people they mentor. So ask your team members, ask yourself, how are you doing? Lead by example. Empathy goes a long way to create connection. Open up avenues of communication and deeper conversations. This is part of psychological safety. And in New South Wales, Australia, this is now mandated that there are created safe spaces where staff can say they're not coping, they need more resources, they need time off and so forth. Create a team culture that allows for this open communication and makes time and prioritises mental recovery. 
a number of tech companies and startups are offering and even in some cases mandating mental health days off for their workforce. LinkedIn started offering their employees additional time off to address burnout. And finally, offer and support mental health-related employee resource groups and resources to empower yourself as a manager or an employee. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening right now. Plus, don't forget you can access all of the resources mentioned in today's podcast via the show notes. Is there a pressing issue or topic you'd like me to discuss? Head to my Instagram at dramandaferguson and send me a DM. I love hearing from my listeners. If anything discussed in this podcast has caused you concern or distress, contact your general practitioner or health provider. To locate a psychologist in your area, call the Australian Psychological Society and locate Find a Psychologist Service on 1800 333 or visit www.findapsychologist.org.au. If you or someone you know is in crisis, Lifeline is available 24-7 on 13 11 14 and Kids Helpline, again 24-7 on 1800-55-1800 and both are free of charge. To find out more about me, please visit my website, dramandaferguson.com.au. You can find the link in my show notes. The opinions expressed by guests in these podcasts aren't necessarily shared by me.